All right, welcome back to Miserable and Reckless, where we cover sports, music, culture, and all things the South. As always, I'm Logan, sitting here with Morgan, Dustin, and Ryan. Be sure to go follow us on all social media pages, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, follow us on Apple Podcasts, subscribe, give us five stars. Uh, follow us on Spotify, and uh, we'll keep you updated on those things as we go along. So jumping into the good, the bad, and the ugly, uh, Morgan, kick things off, man. Sure, I got a few goods. Uh, first off, this past weekend, it was a good day. We took Brody to the park. Uh, his first actual park adventure being with COVID. We've been indoors mostly, but he he was running all over the place and loved it. Went down the big boy slide. He was giggling and he'd get up and run around and climb himself back up to the top and go back down the slide. He did that for about 30 minutes straight, which helped out for not bedtime because he was worn out. <laughs> Another good, great thing that happened this past week is. Uh, yeah, big Pearl Jam fan, and back in 2013, went to see him play in Baltimore, and the posters that they make for each show sells out hours before the show even comes on. I wasn't able to get one, but I've been looking for almost the last eight years for one. Finally found one on eBay, and I nabbed it. It was great. Uh, can't wait to get it framed and, and put it up with all my other stuff that's not put up right now. Let's see the bad. Um, Tech's uh, adventures back from not playing any basketball was short-lived. Lost to Georgia Tech and beat Wake Forest. And then their next last two games are canceled because Virginia Tech had contact tracing going on. So uh, their season, regular season is over. And now we just wait for the ACC championship. Let's see where they're going to be seated. And... Hopefully they've done enough this past year to get them into the tournament, which I think I think they have done enough. Um, ugly. I'm gonna go with Chris, my wife's one of my wife's coworkers. Uh, she finally brought home Christmas gifts for the kids that uh, had been sitting under her desk for a while. One of which was these little stuffed animals. When you hit the bottom of it, likes to sing that stupid shark song. <laughs> oh jeez, Brody liked it. Um, he did not hate it. He loved it. So he kept going, hit again, hit again. I hit it and got to listen to that stupid song play for about an hour straight the other night. <laughs> the guys are doing, the dads are doing the baby shark thing. <laughs> you have no idea. What you the batteries? It, it's something that will probably disappear here in a week or two. And was like, he, he went on vacation. I don't know, Birdie. He had to go back to the ocean. He went back to the ocean. His family was missing him. Yeah, I'm sure he'll find it five, ten years later. I'm like, well, I thought this thing went missing. It did. Away from you. That's my good, bad, and the ugly. All right, Dustin. All right. Um, ugly, unknown, good. Ugly. Um, mentioned we had a rodent issue. A while back, a um, couple weeks ago, it got worse over this past weekend. Um, on Sunday, I was on the couch with my daughter, just sitting there. And from behind our TV stand, a little little face pokes out looking at me. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> so it called my wife in there. We put Emmy in her crib. And it basically turned into Tom and Jerry as my wife and I chased the mouse around the house trying to catch it and dispose of it. Um, eventually, it got past us and got into Emmy's room. So we were chasing it around there while she was in the in the crib. Oh my God. And uh, she knew something was going on and starts just screaming. And I'm over there in the corner getting rid of a mouse because we finally tried moving in the corner and we were able to get him. And so... That happened, and, and we were like, we had to calm her down and get rid of the mouse and all of that. And a little while later, uh, after we put her down, you know, Jenny and I have eaten dinner. We're like, sit down. We see a little mouse scurry across the, across the room. Tom and Jerry all over again. We're chasing him around the place, trying to find him. He gets into our room, can't find him. Mm-hmm. Couldn't find him anywhere. Mm-hmm. So we just had to go to sleep. The mouse running around somewhere. Oh my gosh! Then we were like, all right, you know, we're tiptoeing around for you know that night and the next day. Mo- next day being Monday, around lunchtime Monday, 
I hear my wife scream my name, and I was like, oh, boy. Tom and Jerry, once again, chasing chasing his mouse around. We finally got him, cornered him, and took care of him. And it was, you know, around that time. Actually, it was before that, but after that, it just added fuel to the fire. We uh, ensured that we went to our community management and were like, look, something's got to be done here. So they, you know, I had done like a look. I went through a bunch of stuff looking for holes and, you know, basically this time of year, they look for places to go. And, you know, I found a couple of places that need to be filled. We, the management came in, you know, look behind appliances because those are typical places where there's holes. But, uh, man, you know, it's been, it was three in a three week time, but two in a very short amount of time. So we've, we've taken a bunch of preventative steps. Complex has done a little bit of stuff, but we're still kind of like looking around the corner, <laughs> hoping that we're out of the woods on this. Um, apparently, we weren't the only ones. I think there's other people. It's just, you know, something that we got to eradicate. Terminax came today, so hopefully that works. Um, unknown. Uh, Jenny's going to be gone for a couple days this weekend, so I'm going to be taking care of him by myself. So just mm. pray for me. Um, and then good is uh, it needs to actually start crawling a little bit eventually I'll say that's bad but for now because of the development side of it and how fun it is to watch her develop it's a good so that's my ugly my unknown and my good it's all family this week (laughs) she's crawling just in time for daddy daycare by himself yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) good timing yeah, it's real daddy daycare, like real life. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ryan. Bring him to me if you want to. <laughs> All right. Uh, good, bad, and the ugly for me. Uh, let's start with my – actually, I was going to do good, bad, and unusual. So let's start with uh, unusual. Um, I was watching college lacrosse, as I uh, tend to do. And um, Syracuse has a midfielder. Uh, this will – for those that don't know, that's the guy that, that runs down the field and, and shoots with the stick. Uh, important, Im- important thing here is that he's ambidextrous. So he can literally shoot from his left side or from his right side. And he is all American from both sides. It was incredible for me to watch. Um, having played the sport a little bit and understanding a little bit about it. Um, it was really, really cool for me to watch uh, <laughs> the unfortunate Virginia defenders try and guard this guy. I mean, he was a force to be reckoned with. I think he had six or seven goals. Um, they won by, I don't know, 15, which is not unusual in lacrosse, but it is when you're beating the number two or three team in the country by doing so. So that was, uh, that was unusual. And, and if Syracuse is on in the future, I'll, I'll pay attention to him. Uh, he might be able, he might be a little cocky. He wears number 23. So, um, <laughs> but, uh, anyways, that's my unusual, uh, let's work backwards then my bad, um, more sports over the weekend. Uh, Noah Gregson was a guy, it's a guy I cheer for. He's pretty exciting. Um, also known to give an interview that's pretty entertaining if uh, something doesn't go his way. And as happened for the second week in a row, something didn't go his way on Saturday. He led the whole, pretty much the whole race, and then he got wrecked with an eight-second lead. Um, the last lap car, like the last guy in the race, who was barely making it in around the track, blew a tire in front of him and drifted up in front of him and he was going too fast and he just slammed into the back of him with two laps to go and he was not happy. So that was an entertaining interview. Uh, shame for that. So that's my bad. And then my good is coach Williams, coach Roy Williams got his 900th win. He's the fastest to do so um, against a decent Florida state team. They turned around and crapped the bed the next, uh, the next game, but it doesn't matter. He's uh, he's in the 900 win club fastest one to get there. They made 17 free throws down the stretch, which for Carolina is pretty much a miracle. Um, probably solidified their shot in the tournament. So uh, again, since we didn't have a tournament last year, that record, as far as I'm concerned, is still intact. And, uh, it, uh, it also, I noticed it delayed the, uh, the TV start to the Duke Louisville game. So that was nice. Extra petty. (laughs) Coach Williams passes to 900 games. All right, let's cut to Duke, uh, losing to Louisville. (laughs) So that was my good, bad and, uh, unusual for the week. All right, so for me this week, I have uh, two goods and a bad. I'm going to start with the bad, and I'm going to 
talk about how <clears throat> this past basketball season, it seems like that every time we have a chance to go against either a borderline top 25 team or a team that's uh, solidly in the NCAA tournament, COVID rears his ugly head. And a lot of times it's a couple of times it's been us. A lot of times it's the other team where the game gets canceled. This happened again uh, for our last game of the year that are on senior night. We were supposed to play the Virginia Tech Hokies at home at PNC Arena. And because Virginia Tech had contact tracing issues, we have now canceled that game. So we are going to have to uh, pick up a few wins if we want to have any shot. At, it's not likely, but if we want any shot at going to the tournament, got to show out in, in Greensboro. So that's the bad. Bad is Virginia Tech. The good is NC State's been playing good basketball lately. Like, it really was just – the month of January really yeah. screwed this team over. They They started off hot. January sucked. They lost like six games in January. February was solid, and March just started off pretty solid. They won five straight road ACC road games for the first time since 1974. Um, it's only the second time, I believe. Yeah, it was. That was the first time since '74, and only the second time that uh, they've done it in like modern basketball. I want to say, and um, they they've been playing good basketball. They they a lot of people in the media for for whatever that's worth have been saying that they are one of the hotter teams going into the ACC tournament. So I'm excited to see if they can uh not crap the bed in Greensboro and maybe steal a couple wins cuz right now it's looking like we're going to have Miami on day 1 followed by Carolina and Virginia who are two beatable teams who we've both have beaten uh, we've beaten them uh both of them this year. So I'm excited to see what they can do. Um and then my second uh good for the week is uh, in North Carolina, we've eased some of our COVID restrictions a little bit. And for the first time, probably in over a year, um, a bunch of my friends are actually going to get together at this place called Bowstring, uh, for my birthday this, this weekend, they kind of have like this little outdoor seating area. So that'll be fun. I think, uh, so far I didn't realize I had this many friends, but so far we have 19 confirmed people that are coming. Um, two weeks ago, I wouldn't have told you I knew that many people, but so that should be fun. Everybody hadn't really all been together in a long time. So I'm looking forward to that. The weather is supposed to be pretty solid too, as it was today. And, uh, and speaking of good weather, warm weather, you know, some of the best things you can do during the warm weather is enjoy a cold can and listen to some country music. So today's episode is brought to you by country and cold cans. We have a brand new hat line for while you're enjoying that cold can and listen to some of your favorite artists. Make sure you go to countrycoldcans.com and check out the hats. All right, moving on then to the weekend look ahead. What do you guys have going on? Brody is getting Well, I'll be listening to Country and Cold Cans this weekend. There we go. (laughs) What else is there to do? I mean, come on. (laughs) Logan, if you guys want help getting into the tournament, I hear if you schedule Marquette, um, that helps. Uh, Carolina joke. Uh, Brody's getting his first big boy haircut. Ooh, very cool. Yeah, that should be interesting. You guys taking him in somewhere? Yeah, somewhere in Cary. Fancy. Just save it. I mean, it's the closest closest one that cuts kids' hair. One of the cookie cutter haircut kids' cookie cutters haircuts. What the heck you call it? To get a mohawk like his dad? Of course. Get <laughs> a tattoo of a dragon on the side of his face. <laughs> Dustin, you got anything going on? Any daycare. How, that's that's it. You just order an in every night? I mean, or are you gonna be able to cook and handle her? Yeah. I'll I'll figure it out. It won't be that difficult. You know you got Lido's right right around the corner if you need it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, if, I, I'm sure I can make some stuff. I'll probably end up getting something on Saturday uh, afternoon ahead of the Duke Carolina game. But other than that, I'm sure I can figure it out. You got if this, not, man. I'll just eat canned soup and and text y'all to come help me. <laughs> <laughs> Ramen noodles, man. Logan, you got your birthday thing and what else really that's about it i mean just it'd be good to see everybody tomorrow at bowstring and you know kind of hang out it's, like i said it's been a while so that'll be uh that'll be a good time you watching duke carolina anywhere I mean, yeah so i know you didn't watch one of my earlier. good buddies from back home big tar hill fan unfortunately um jordan hargrove he's coming down 
uh, on Saturday morning. He's going to hang out uh, through most of the day, and we're going to end up watching the game at 6, which doesn't bode well for Duke because I'm owing whatever whenever I've watched a Duke game with a Carolina fan present. He's not allowed to say then. <laughs> so we've mentioned it. Um, my, I guess my weekend look ahead for me is on Saturday, obviously watching Carolina Duke. It's, um, kind of a shame, to be honest. Uh, some years in the past, we've done it by volition, not hung out. But uh, pretty much since I've been in D.C., I feel like we've caught at least one of these games, Dustin, either at the North Carolina Society or something along those lines. So kind of a shame that won't be able to do that this year, but the Charleston trip, I guess, made up for it, maybe. <laughs> so yeah, that's true. That we together. had a little streak going. <laughs> so, but I'll be doing that. Um, NASCAR, I don't have to spend a lot of time on it. Uh, I did want to go over the bets. I, I feel like the driver comparison thing kind of fell flat. But since it's in the races in Vegas this weekend, you've got trucks tomorrow on Friday. You've got Xfinity on Saturday and Cup on Sunday. So you got the three for. Um, it's the hometown of Kyle Busch, so maybe he'll show out. Maybe the aforementioned Noah Gregson can finally get a win. Um, he's also from Vegas. But because it's in Vegas, I wanted to go over to bets, see if you guys had any opinions on this. Um, there's different winners, Martin Truex Jr., Kevin Harvick, Brad Kozlowski, Joey Logano, Denny Hamlin. You'd have to put down 100 bucks to win 900 bucks on Hamlin, Morgan. So uh, top three, they've got Chase, Kyle Busch, and William Byron, all three of which are relatively good favorites. William Byron actually won last week in Miami. Um, what do you guys think? Uh, winning, just get some skin in the game on this. What do you guys think? Winning manufacturer, you got three choices, Ford, Chevy, or Toyota. Relatively even here. I, I would I would bet Toyota, but what do you guys think? Any, you guys care? I'm a Chevy man, but I'm betting Toyota. Probably a good bet. I would agree with you. I'm just going to say it really doesn't matter because every engine is a Hendrick engine. <laughs> the Toyotas aren't. Oh, they're not? No, they're not. Toyota's their own, their own group. Mm. And Ford engines come from Penske. But uh, all the Chevys are Hendrick engines. Yeah, you're right. So you're going Chevy? Sure. I don't know anything about NASCAR. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm trying to find I'll, creative I'll, ways to, to talk about it. <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take Ford even though I don't care. <laughs> I don't care about Ford and I don't care who, if Ford wins the race. And also, Del Earnhardt, I hope, isn't looking looking down in heaven on me right now being like, son, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. I think so, the whole like Ford versus Chevy debate has kind of died out with my generation. It was a big deal at one time like, when I was in school, oh, yeah. people had real arguments and fights over it. But anyway, that's a, maybe that's a um, NASCAR centric topic for another day. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure if one of you guys does win, though, you'll be sure to mention it next week and <laughs> <laughs> claim it. You can bet on total number of cautions, et cetera. You guys get the point. Um, and then the only other thing I wanted to mention is we're one week away from the players um, uh, in golf. Uh, it's, it's a favorite tournament of mine. It's probably my favorite tournament. Um, and uh, the more important thing for me about that is we've, we kind of shy away from it a little bit here on the, on the podcast, but it's one year of no sports. Last year during the players was – the Thursday and Friday was when everything was getting canceled because of the whole Rudy Gobert situation with COVID. So mm-hmm. it'll be kind of weird to be uh, watching that next weekend, but maybe, maybe more on that in the future. So I'm uh, looking forward to that. And that's not really a weekend look ahead, but, but uh, maybe it's a preview of what's to come. So I don't know. Should we go into the Southern 64? Logan? Yeah, yeah, I think so. All right. Well, one of the more controversial picks, at least I've heard from a couple people, that they were unhappy with Michael Jordan being unseated in the first round. But uh, we've got the 16 seed. Uh, I guess I should preface it by saying we're doing sports this week. The Southern 64, we're determining our, uh, our Sweet 16 for the Southern 64 for the sports section. So we've got the uh, 16 seed Tim Tebow up against the 9 seed, the 90s Atlanta Braves. And... Uh, at this point in time, I'll just go ahead and say that if we're not riding with Jordan, then we're definitely riding with Tebow. So I'm going Tebow as the 16th seed over, over the Braves. Uh, Morgan, what do you think? You know me, man. Tim Tebow. I mean, I'm, I'm going to pick him every day. Um, Fair enough. Short and simple. I like it. Logan, what do you think? Braves fan. Yeah, like Tim Tebow, you know, obviously – Inspirational guy, good quarterback, great leader when he was at the University of Florida, but come on, man. 
it's the 1990s Atlanta Braves. Was such a such a long successful uh, string of division titles. I believe it was 14 straight. One of the greatest pitching staffs ever assembled. Chipper Jones. It's Atlanta. But they never won the big one like Tebow did. Yeah, they won 95. Then they blew it in 96 and blew it in 99. Forgot <laughs> yeah. about 95. <laughs> Try to right. shorten those uh, asterisks. <laughs> what do you think, Dustin? I mean, I, I love me some Tim Tebow, but not in the way that you two do. Um, I Who didn't grow up watching the Braves? Like, you didn't have MLB Network back then. You didn't have um, – you know, like ESPN broadcasting baseball all the time. I think they did Sunday night baseball, maybe. I don't even remember when that started. But um, the Atlanta Braves were, them and the Cubs were consistent. You could watch them anywhere, anytime. Oh, God. Um, no matter where you travel, there's Braves fans all over the country because of that. There's Cubs fans because of that. Um, you know, we, we spent a lot of time watching Atlanta Braves games uh, and – to give you a Michael Jordan tie-in, uh, Bobby Cox is the Dean Smith of baseball. Never Very has true. a man had so much and done so little. Yeah. So, um, I'm going to Atlanta Braves. Like, I love Chipper Jones. Um, I, I loved that era of baseball. I love that era of the Braves team. And, you know, it, all day long. Tebow is a great guy, but I didn't really watch Florida play. So, uh, I will say he's out. Up- yeah, growing up back in the day, on, on Saturdays and Sunday afternoons, definitely Sundays, you turn on, on the channels, it's golf, NASCAR, and Cubs, and or Braves in the early afternoon games, definitely Cubs. Superstations. Yeah. So are we doing this on who's, if we were doing this on who was more Southern, it would clearly be the Braves, but we're doing this on personal bias, so <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to go to Facebook for it. Hopefully we get uh, our, our, you know, two to three votes like we normally do. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll go from there. How about this week? Let's uh, ask our few listeners to share it with their friends. We'll make it shareable and we'll try to get more of a sample size from people on it. All right. Fair enough. You guys, we'll figure it out after this. Um, All right. The five seed versus the four seed. Uh, It is interesting how these play out sometimes. It's uh, Coach K, the five seed, arguably probably the best coach in basketball, college basketball, versus the four seed, Nick Saban, probably the best coach in college football. Uh, Because of my preference for college football and because of my non-preference for Duke, I'm going Nick Saban, the four seed. Um, Dustin, we may as well get your vote out of the way. What is it? Uh, I mean, at least my coach doesn't sit around eating oatmeal cream pies all day, <laughs> like a slob. Um, it's Coach K all the way. Come on, like greatest coach ever. Period. I don't care. It's not. I'm not prefacing with basketball. He's he's the greatest. So Coach K, don't care about Nick Saban. Don't care about Alabama. Enjoy college football, but he's not winning the Southern sixty four. He's out. I'm canceling him. <laughs> This is your new tagline. He's out. <laughs> You're out. <laughs> Logan? Yeah, so like both careers have been absolutely incredible. Both have uh, a level of success that is really almost unparalleled within the eras that they uh, have coached in. I mean, John Wooden was impressive, but it was a different style of basketball, a different era. What Coach K has been able to do at Duke is fantastic. Same with Nick Saban. But um, I'm going to use a very weird – uh, rationale for why I'm, I'm casting my vote for Mike Krzyzewski. And that's because he had more success with his little dalliance with pro players than Nick Saban did when his ha- quarter of a season with the Miami Dolphins. And then he went back to college. Coach K did a fantastic job with uh, USA basketball. So for that small little reason, he succeeded with pros and collegiate players, Mike Krzyzewski. Good point. Good point. Uh, Morgan, what do you think? Uh, Coach K. Wow. Yeah, nothing against uh, Saban, uh, great coach, but I look at Coach K, the way he molds players, not just on the court, but off off the court. And, you know, it always reminds me of uh, Frank Beaver and how he always took in people of good character and made sure that they're fine, outstanding young men when they were leaving the program. I like it. You took a uh, 
a thing about an Alabama football coach and a Duke basketball coach, and you turn it into a press release for uh, Virginia Tech football. That's that's excellent. Right it's on brand. Mentality. Guys, gotta show man. Gotta show. <laughs> come, gotta show tickets. Come to Tech and be a fine, outstanding young man. <laughs> Someday we'll have to have a conversation about Coach K or Bill, Bill Belichick. The, which one of them is the better coach? But I take, I take issue with your statement, Dustin, you, from earlier. Could, or you could go, who who's worse with reporters, Nick Saban or Bill Belichick? Well, maybe. Yeah. That that would be a fun discussion. But Bill <laughs> Bill Belichick, uh, how much of that was him, and how much of that was Brady? Ooh, about that discussion. Yeah, that's true. I can be on our new podcast about the Northeast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, six. I think this one is one of those things where it's it looks closer than it is on paper, and then it's just a runaway. It's the three seed senior versus the six seed Dabo Sweeney. Um, I, I, I there's no doubt in my mind where I'm going with this, but why don't I not lead it off? Logan, what do you think? Yeah, look, Dabo's impressive. I mean, he, what he's built at Clemson is fantastic. He's ushered them into the uh, upper echelon of, of college football. He's probably only coach in college football better than him right now is is Nick Saban, but his senior. I mean, I, I, even for me as a non-NASCAR fan and being just a, a really little kid when, when senior was even still living, I mean, his impact on the South is, you know, it, it's way higher than Dabo Sweeney. And on top of that, screw Clemson. It's, it's senior. Morgan. <laughs> There's some personal bias for you. <laughs> well, one, I like, I like racing and, it's gonna be senior all day long. And two, I don't like Dabno, Dabo or, or or Clemson. So fair enough. His I coordinators was... do a great job for him. <laughs> His recruiting, he's a great recruiter, and we'll leave it at that. Either that, or he's like Mac, and he has a really uh, talented bag man. <laughs> I think we can see. Uh, I'm sidestepping that, Logan. I think we can see why. Uh, for those of the fans that li- that. Uh, watch Clemson, they can see why we kind of just skipped over them for the entire college football season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we think Clemson will win. All right, next game. <laughs> uh, for me, I'm going to go senior, and the reason I was going to go senior is very simple. It's because of the safety that's happened with NASCAR since he died. Um, we all know the platitudes. I'll leave it at that. Dustin, are you going to make it unanimous? Uh, yes, because I, I don't well, First, let me say but to all the Clemson bashers, I like Devo and I like Clemson. So I don't have a problem with them, unlike the rest of this podcast. It's because Duke's Dude, irrelevant in football. It, that has nothing <laughs> to do with liking him. <laughs> I like him. He runs a good program. You can say whatever you want is about his X's and O's, but he runs a good program. You're right. Um, beyond that, though, the only reason I ever cared about NASCAR was Dale Earnhardt. Um, my, uh, my grandmother gave me at a birthday uh, party at the mall a plaque that had it was when he was the six time, not seven time Winston Cup champion uh, of him. And it was like, you know, six time Winston Cup champion and it was this whole big thing. And she like gave it to me and was like, said something along the lines of, you know how hard it was for me to buy this for you, right? Because they cheer for Fords. Like they were, they were like Mark Martin and all those guys. So, uh, Dale Earnhardt, man, like he's one of the most legendary sports figures ever and will continue to be. And it's the only reason I ever really cared about NASCAR, even as a little kid. So all day. So that's four for senior. And again, I'm not a Clemson basher. I would love to play them and be relevant with them in football, but at the same time, come on, it's senior all the way. So. All right, so we got 90s Atlanta Braves, Coach K and Senior advancing so far. Our last bracket, um, we had Marty Smith versus Petty. And the reason why Marty Smith advanced is for one reason and one reason only. Someone responded to our story where we asked who should vote with who is Richard Petty. I'm serious. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm not going to put them on display, but just for asking that question alone, um, they voted for Marty Smith. (laughs) So... (laughs) We're going to let Marty slip, Smith slide this time. So we're going to have the 15 seed Marty Smith versus the 10 seed Roy Williams. Um, I'm not starting this one off either. So Morgan, what do you got? North Carolina coach or Saturday morning football? 
I'm going to go to Saturday morning football, man. The homeboy from Blacksburg, Virginia. Radford University alumni. How did I know? <laughs> Dustin, I think I know where you're going on this one, too. Go ahead. I mean, I, I, I actually really like Roy Williams, whatever it's worth. Like, I got nothing against Roy, first off. Yeah. I, I, know, I got a lot against him. I know. <laughs> Yeah, I was about to say, I know one-fourth of this podcast doesn't like him, but it. I I like him, and I actually, I, I'm just happy to see him hit the 900 wins. Like, I think he's a great coach. I think he's a good guy. Um, I got nothing against him, but I'm not picking a Carolina guy. I'm sorry. It's just not happening. I love Marty Smith. Like, and my wife went to Radford. And uh, he's a Radford alum. And I just, just the other day, he, uh, the Radford alum are doing um, postcards to kids who got accepted and are coming this fall. And like, you can be a part of that. He went to Radford and wrote out a bunch and mailed them out to kids who are incoming Radford. Like the man, he's just a good dude. I'm Marty Smith all the way. He's Marty, Roy this 15 seed's making a run. You don't see Roy Williams signing cards to kids who are coming. <laughs> Pretty sure they're called scholarships, Morgan, but that's all right. <laughs> He's signing the checks. <laughs> Logan, go ahead. Yeah, so that's why you hate Roy Williams because he beats you all the time. Look, I actually don't hate Roy Williams as a human being. If he had coached at any other school, I probably would would like the guy a lot. Marty Smith, you know, he he's cool. I guess. Uh, like, I know you guys are big fans. Um, I, I I've listened to his podcast here and there. It's interesting. I don't love him like the rest of this podcast does. Um, Roy, objectively speaking, is definitely better at what he does than what Marty Smith does. Roy, you know, 900 wins, uh, what, three national titles now. It's, it's just an impressive coaching career. That being said, he coaches at the University of North Carolina, and all I can say is go to Hale, Carolina, Marty Smith all the way. Scrappy 15C. <laughs> well... I'm not going to say anything negative about either one of these two. Bless both of their hearts. I didn't have a say in this, so we'll just move Marty Smith along. It could have been petty. Rest in peace in this bracket, Roy. That's all I'll say. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye. I'm just glad all the Carolina guys are out. You're out. So so to recap, on our podcast, Roy Williams wins his 900th game as the fastest to do so, and we say, Marty Smith wrote some postcards, so he's in. (laughs) Bye-bye. And we bounced uh, Michael Jordan in the first round as the one seed. Oh <laughs> yeah. Well, at least there's no at least there's no pettiness. See what I did there on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so for our anchor topic, uh, actually, this was something that we were kind of chatting about just in real life, and then we thought, well, maybe there's a way to view this. Um, through like music, sports, life, the same things that we always talk about on this podcast. Maybe there's a way to uh, explain it. And so I was reading a little bit about micro generations and the general idea is that um, it's really hard to, at at this point in time to, of course, everything has to be in a box, right? We can't just let people be people. (laughs) Of course not. But um, at the same time, when you're trying to label people, it becomes very difficult to, to label these different generations because they've all had such different, uh, just environment factors that have happened to them. And so we were kind of trying to break that down. Um, there's a 12 year age gap on this podcast. It's one of the cool things about miserable and reckless, at least in my opinion. Um, Morgan's at the older end of the podcast and Logan's at the younger end. And then <laughs> he's giving me, Morgan's giving me the finger. And then, uh, uh the number and, one <laughs> and me and Dustin are in the middle. So regardless of however, the way you slice it, there's a 12 year age gap. And when you start to look at it, uh, Morgan, We've kind of talked about this, but regardless of how people label you, it, you'd probably say that you lean a little bit more towards Generation X. Um, I, as Dustin <clears> says, he's too country for the city, too city for the country. I'd say I'm too Gen X for the millennial, but too millennial for the Gen X crowd. Um, and we'll talk about apparently there's a new term out there that I didn't know about that uh, called Xennial, which is basically just an X in front of millennial, the back half of millennial. Dustin, you may be in that generation, that micro generation with me. You may be in the millennial generation. And then Logan, I, I, I'm not sure if you're a millennial or if they just haven't figured out what the hell to call you guys yet. <laughs> so um, the key thing, though, 
really to, to look at is, uh, and, and we can talk about this if you guys want, but like life events. So whether it's like 9-11 or the housing crisis in 08, uh, first election voting, there's a huge difference between 12 years. Mm -hmm. um, Facebook, social media, we've talked in the past about anti-skip protection on CD players and Walkman and MP3 players and the generations of technology. Um, and then, of, I mean, we could also talk about like some sad stuff that's happened as technology and, and, and society's kind of sped up, but we, we don't necessarily need to. So um, I don't know. I mean, Morgan, what was the first election that you had the opportunity to vote in? Uh, that would be Bush and uh, Gore. Okay. Gore and his uh, lockbox. <laughs> <laughs> and Logan, what was, uh, what was yours? It was the uh, 2012 Obama-Romney um, election. Um, I volunteered on one of the campaigns. Um, I'm sure our listeners probably know where, where I was at on that, but I volunteered for two months on one of the campaigns uh, when I was 18. And um, so that was like my first, it was not my first election really paying attention because 08 was that one, but it was my first one where I was eligible to vote. Yeah. I was a freshman in college when that was going on. So, I mean, that's like a significant progression and. I'll use that term in politics and voting and all that kind of stuff from someone like Morgan's age to you getting involved for the first time, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, where, where, where do you guys want to go on this? I mean, I, 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 I'm, I know I'm the only homeowner I'm standing in my house right now. Uh, this is my second podcast in the house, but um, so I, I didn't own a home, but I could tell you that graduating in 08 from college wasn't great for the job market. I mean, Logan, I don't know if that, was even a, a factor for you did you even know but when when you guys were graduating i was finishing up my eighth grade year in in school about to get into high school so like obviously when it came to looking for a job and everything wasn't even a, a thought in my mind it was more about like hey i'm about to get my license in two years <laughs> morgan dustin any uh Morgan, were you, I mean, you were, you, I guess you were out by then, right? You're probably working at the hotel or. Uh, see, 08, I was working at the hotel and on my way, as you were on your way to get your license, I was on my way to lose my license. <laughs> <laughs> one, one, one extreme to the other. In that 12, in that 12 year gap. And Dustin, I, you, you would have been in DC then or no, by that point in time? Uh, yeah, well, cry, financial crisis started, what, 2007, 2008-ish? Something like that. So it had, it was, it had, like, bottomed out, and we, we were kind of, like, figuring it out about the time I was graduating college. Um, so it really was a, it, I, you know, there's two levels of this. One, the people my age and who graduated my time, like, had trouble finding jobs it was a difficult couple of years really yep on a personal level i was pretty fortunate i about a month month and a half out of college i was employed and i was moving to dc and um you know been employed ever since even through covid which has been a blessing but um yeah i mean it was a crazy time because people i mean people really were I, i've talked to my peers and people really had trouble finding like jobs and earning an income at that time. Um, and for us, I think my little like piece of the millennial generation, it definitely shapes our view a little bit because we, we know like how outside of our control um, mm -hmm. these events can be that you have to manage. And so it, I think it impacts our worldview about how we like deal with things like finances and how we look at, um, you know, job market and just preparing for the unknown. And so it's, and I can kind of see it in people like my age because it's, it was a big impact on us because we were really coming of working age as this happened. And I think now's a good time to announce the uh, coming soon, the piggy bank pod with Dustin and Melissa. <laughs> We'd be great at that. <laughs> That's a, I'd listen to it. That's an inside joke. It's my wife and Dustin. They're both super into finances, probably for exactly the reason that you said, Dustin. <laughs> you know, it's all out of your. I think Logan, your generation kind of came up just expecting it to be out of, you know, out of your hands, and it is what yep. it is, kind of thing. 
but uh so you, you knew you had to work hard right oh yeah and with with uh morgan and i it was more the idea of like oh i think the game changed on us here a little bit all of a sudden we have to work hard but maybe what if we don't feel like it because <laughs> 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 you know you have an analog childhood so to speak right and then you got yeah. this digital fast-paced adult life it's like well wait a second why can't we go back to the way it was for all the older people why why are you screwing over our generation first <laughs> <laughs> when people would uh back in the old days would come out of school go to work at the mill or the plant for 30 years and get their pensions and pensions are not a thing anymore for 90 percent of people it's just it, it's vastly different now than what it used to be it's my hometown we had like three or four major textile factories there you you stayed in our hometown whether you could graduate high school, college, or none of it. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, a lot of what, what we try to tackle here is, you know, we reference Southern culture a lot, but we a lot of what we talk about is small town culture and life. And uh, sm- small town culture has dramatically changed in my lifetime. Like, when I was born you still it wasn't quite like it was say when my grandparents were of working age but you still like made lives in the in small town america and you could go to work at you know for the power company or for the the mill or whatever it was and like live your life that way and by the time i was older that's that wasn't an option i mean it it sort of is but i mean it's a so i mean those jobs aren't always available and if you're looking for, you know, some upward mobility, you had to go find it somewhere. And I think that helps define that, that along with the financial crisis, certainly for small town people, um, help define like how we like chased opportunities and like where we were going to go and live and what we were going to do. Because my, my high school class, there's almost no one who stayed in our hometown. We're almost all gone. There's a couple of people. And that's Same it. here. One of the uh, one of the interesting things about the twelve year age gap between us that I that I did notice is that we have technology, whether it's a cell phone or um, any number of different things, right? The computer, social media, et cetera. Facebook dropped for better or worse in oh four oh five. Cell phones dropped for better or worse a little bit before that, but smartphones really hit the market. I'd say twenty ten. So there's these like markers that you can kind of look back at and say like, I was this old when blank happened. And it, it kind of impacts how much of your life you've lived beforehand and, 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 and after. And then the other thing that's really interesting is sports, right? Like that happens whether or not you were young or old or you can be three years old and remember the first time the Red Sox won the World Series or you can be 40 and, it, and it's a vastly different experience, you know? So that's just one example of a, of a historical event. So like, I mean, there's a number of different ways that we could go with this, but like, uh, I mean, you know that we talk about this a little bit offline, but like we, there's a, there, you may compare yourself to an athlete or to an entertainer's life and kind of like look at them and they're the same age as you and say like, um, geez, like what have I done with my life kind of thing compared to them? We could go to with athletes or entertainers or anything really um any public figure that that really the genesis of this came from my wife pointing out um that there was about a seven-year window period of time where all my friends a lot of the entertainers a lot of the comedians a lot of the sports athletes that i look up to all seem to be born within the same period of time and it's true i started thinking about it we've talked about on this podcast about the bay house most of my friends are within that go to that bay house or within the same seven year window of time um men and women so i'm just i wonder if, if if that is the same for you guys i mean is there an athlete or a person that you kind of can think of that is similar to your life or you would mirror your life with I'll, I'll start with that because outside of a couple of the golfers um who i think i'd get along with pretty well i'd say a, a hard no for me just because when it comes to the athletes and the um celebrities because i looked at a list of people who were uh, around my age and, you know, the big names are people like Justin Bieber and Bad Bunny and people like that who I have nothing in common with whatsoever. I don't like their music. I think it's trash. Um, On the flip side, some of the, I like, you know, everyone by now knows I like to talk about Texas music and red dirt music, 
the dudes that are coming up around my age and there, I really dig what they're doing. And uh, we talked about this uh, off um, the podcast on the group chat a little bit, like they're both about a year older than me, but like, I'm a big fan of like Parker McCollum and Co. Wetzel. Like I kind of like saw their, their rise as someone my age, like as they were uh, hitting the the heights that they're hitting now. And like, it really resonates their music uh, a lot with me. And I'm even on the older end of a lot of their fan bases, but it's funny because Co. Wetzel in particular, he's a, he's a rocker out of East Texas. His music, if you, if you look at like my friends, they all love him. And uh, he has like a real college age up to like late twenties fan base, but you three and people y'all's age, it just doesn't connect with y'all like it does with us. And right. I, I've, I've been trying to figure out for a while why there's this generational uh, divide when it comes to him in particular, but just in general, like that group of artists in Texas. And I, I really don't know what the answer is, but it's, it's weird because his music has um, a, a very sonically speaking is, is very influenced by like Nirvana and Alice in Chains. And that's music that um, Morgan would like, yeah. but it's, it's not the same style of music uh, lyrically. It's, it's kind of like sung through the lens of like rural Texas and like things, people, things that I grew up with, but it's kind of like is, that, that era of rock music uh, with Co Wetzel, but with a, okay. uh, with a different um, viewpoint. It, it, it's a little bit more straightforward and not as like, I guess, um, I don't know the right way to say this, but not as it's easier to understand what the song's about than it was like Nirvana when they're talking about mosquitoes and libido. It's more so, approachable. Yeah, it's more approachable, but it, sonically speaking, like his music kind of still sounds kind of like a throwback to that 90s stuff. Well, you know, I've sung the praises of Miranda uh, Lambert on this podcast. I looked her up and uh, she happens to be the exact same age as me. Um, some other people I looked up that uh, also make a lot of sense to me, or I laugh a little too hard at their jokes. If you get what I'm saying is uh, Donald Glover um, when he put together his Atlanta series. I mean, that's, it's phenomenal for those that haven't watched it. Um, and just the stuff that he puts together and the way his mind works is, is, is unique. Um, it, it's, it's this blend of naive confidence, but also kind of, sarcastic cynicism about the world if that makes any sense Miranda definitely uh is old enough to struggle but young enough to have some hope right um there's uh, uh Trevor Noah um we've talked a little bit on the podcast about I, I like his sarcasm um we've talked a little bit on the podcast about Chase Rice um I wish the guy would grow up a little bit with his lyrics but it's interesting that I feel that way because I'm thinking it from my lens of like come on dude like you you know be be a little bit older, going to Carolina, playing football, doing the NASCAR thing. It's, um, I, I wonder if there's people like that for you that you guys can think of and you're like, ah, oh, it makes sense why I might connect with that. Dustin, Morgan. Uh, Seth Rogen is my age and his, <laughs> his style of humor. Um, and of course, you yeah, know, I'm sure all of us here love all, almost all the movies he's been in, but just, um, his sense of humor is right up there with mine, I think. That's fair. I can see that. I wonder if James Franco is the same same age. I'll see. I think he's younger. I know they've done a lot of movies together. Sorry, I didn't mean to. Well, they off. they've been they've been working together since before. I was a Freaks and Geeks TV show. Yeah. Um, he's forty two. Okay, so he's a little uh, older. But I mean, I you know I usually find that I uh, relate more with people my age and older. Like a lot of I've looked back over the years, a lot of my friends. Other than the group uh, you guys I hang out with in the, in the Bay House guys and the guys went to college, um, a lot of them are in their 40s and almost 50s. Um, I don't know why I re relate more sometimes with them. Um, a lot of people have told me I got kind of an old soul. I've had a few people tell me that before. Um, but I mean, it makes sense. I, I would, as I said at the beginning, I would kind of pigeonhole you a little bit more into that older generation than than the kind of the shoulder i maybe i should stop dancing around it i mean there's this like weird like zennial thing that i was reading about this week they call it the star wars generation because it's basically from 1977 to 1984 more or less you could argue it's 83 we mentioned the analog childhood the digital adulthood kind yeah. of thing but um i dustin i mean I, I think you would be on the shoulder of that too is there is there someone on the you'd be on the younger end of this group. Maybe you, you'd fall into the millennial category instead. Is there someone like that? That If it's the Star Wars generation, though, I'm out. 
If it's the Back to the Future generation, I'm interested. Of course. Well, we can call it whatever you want. It's your podcast. (laughs) Great, Scott. It's the Oregon Trail generation. (laughs) Yeah. I think I'm an old millennial, like if I had to pick a title or a box to be in. Um, I don't know. I looked up people in my birth year. I, I, you know, I listed off a few for y'all earlier. I don't feel like I really connect with any of them, to be perfectly honest. Like, I feel like I'm like, you know, no offense to them or whatever, but I just don't get it. I'm not like enamored by them. I'm also just not enamored by celebrities. I mean, the, the only, I've said a bunch of times, the two people that I think I'd be a little, uh, wild by would be Grant Hill and Coach K. Like that's that's kind of like if I was to pick like celebrities, that's who it would be. But general generally like celebrities and that kind of stuff, I don't really get like and even athletes, like I don't really feel like a super strong connection. Some of that is I'm a college sports guy, so there's they're always churning and burning. And especially now with basketball, they're churning and burning them every year. Um, so I think that's taken a little bit out of it because it used to, you know, in my growing up years, you did kind of form a little bit of a bond with the players that would stay three or four years at a time. So I just, I don't know. I feel like I'm in that almost Morgan old man soul place where I'm kind of like connecting with people who aren't really necessarily my generation, but that doesn't mean like other, you don't connect with people in your generation. It's just the, the faces of like your little two or three year window, I don't really connect with. Yeah. Like, and to be, not to sound like an echo, but I actually kind of, I've always felt like that with me because I'm not the most trendy person. I learned about the latest slang from people my age, about six months behind. I don't, (laughs) I don't listen to like, you know, the popular hip hop artists or EDM stuff that a lot of people my age do. Um, I don't connect with that kind of stuff. People at work have always joked with me telling me that I'm, I'm a, uh, I'm an old man just because things just annoy me and that that people do and i i will be a little grumpy about it like for instance yesterday driving home from work there was this college kid near nc state driving on a uh, lime scooter and ran right out in front of me when he had the um uh, he didn't have the right of way it was a green light and so i turned right instead of turning left rolled down the window and yelled at him and told him to watch the where he's going and he just kind of looked at me and was like what i'm like dumbass you literally i almost hit you I was like, just because you have your you're listening to your your uh, bad bunny and your your <laughs> your justin bieber on, on your headphones on your little scooter going through campus i was like i'm trying to get home i was like i almost ran that joker over like it, it just it's annoying i can't now logan saying that's got me thinking about this i can't tell you who i connect with uh, i love that 70s show and red foreman's my man oh, yeah. <laughs> i love red foreman i think we can all connect with some red foreman <laughs> You're about, to a, a, you're about to read a book that my foot wrote. <laughs> so there's definitely been a few grumpy old Red Foreman memes in our. So it sounds like we're saying that 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 uh that this micro generation thing may be may be overblown, at least for the, what the three of you guys might be saying. Um, with with our group in particular, maybe. Um, but I think there's some validity to it when it comes to the the populace as a whole, just because. A lot of folks like, but the thing is though, like I'm definitely, as you were saying, like I'm on the shoulder of the, like the end of the millennial, but like, I don't relate and neither do any of my friends or anybody I work with that's near my age. We don't really relate with the Gen Z crowd at all, just because like they're the kids that ate Tide Pods and they're the kids that are now <laughs> telling like a girl at work who's a uh, roughly about nine months older than me. She was saying that they're, uh, they're telling her that her hairstyle of the side part and not the middle part is canceled and the skinny jeans is canceled and you're supposed to wear baggier jeans. And they're telling us that if you use the laughing emoji, that it's just like normal and it's like, he's crying that's canceled too, because you have to use the one that's, that's tilted to the side or else you're old. So it's like the, the stuff from the, the folks that are the hip young kids now, like I, I definitely, I can't relate at all. Like I, I just, I, it makes me angry more than anything to listen to. The funny part about that though, is my my wife was talking about uh people that she works with and like their fashion is like very like trends are that were popular in say like the 90s are coming back so like to look to your point about baggy pants and all kinds of stuff i mean 
it's it's just they think they've come up with new trends. They aren't new trends. These things have happened before. Like it, it, you're not you're not breaking ground here, guys. Like someone's done it. It might have been a couple of generations ago, but someone's done. It. Yeah, and I'm not listening to the folks that ate Tide Pods and snorted condoms through their nose just for TikTok <laughs> videos. Like I'm I'm not sure that they're the people we need to be placing a lot of the faith in, and uh, what is considered the the status quo in society. I will say that uh, that's news to me, Logan, because uh, the crying normal emoji is definitely my most used emoji by oh, far. Hundred percent, me too. <laughs> So I guess that means I'm old. Um, I, I I thought about skipping over this, but I'm I'm gonna put it down, or I'm I'm, I'm gonna put it down here on the podcast. I guess I'll say I uh, I do feel like I could connect and or cheer for certain groups of people and not others. I echo Dustin your sentiment about cheering for the laundry at this point in time. I mean, especially watching college. Uh, the older I get, like the weirder it feels to kind of cheer for eighteen year olds. Look, let's face it, Chase. Chase Elliott's like a 22-year-old, 23-year-old. That's kind of weird for like a 36-year-old man to be like, yeah, this is great. You know, it, it's kind of it, – I'm kind of cheering for the team. I'm almost kind of cheering for the crew chief there more than I'm cheering for the driver. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but uh, at the same time, again, because the crew chief seems like somebody – and this is this is the key, right? seems like somebody I could get a beer with. So I was trying to think of people I could get a beer with or I would want to get a beer with or I'd be excited to like have a drink with. And like – one of the ones that immediately came to my head, and a no joke as a Carolina fan, I'm saying this, JJ Redick. I absolutely want to get a beer with that dude. And I looked up his birthday. We're born in the same month. Like, there's got to be something to that. Maybe it's just that I've been following his career for so long that I just, there's more there. There's more. He was part of some really fun games when I was in college and, and all sorts of different stuff. But another one's Reggie Bush. Mm. Um, Julian Edelman is, is literally a, a, with born on the same day as me, just, just 364 days earlier. So we share the same year, whatever you want to say. Um, uh, Patrice Bergeron, who's played for the Bruins for a long time. Like that guy just seems like a solid dude. Again, maybe I've just followed these people for a long time. But uh, Max Scherzer, who's a pitcher here in D.C., I've gone to games just to watch Max Scherzer pitch because I, I, I'm invested. I, I care that he has a good game. I don't care for the Nationals. So like, I wonder, I wonder if, if there's, uh, I don't know. I wonder if there's something to it, maybe for my generation, especially cause we don't really fit in. We're not really gen X. We're not really millennials. So I wonder if we kind of like figure out like that person also doesn't fit in. And it's like this, like inherent, like sixth sense. I'm not sure. But, uh, at the same time, uh, I did go through and I did look up some of the people that I could absolutely look up to, whether it's bands, like you were talking about Logan or whether it's athletes or whatever. And I found that pretty much uh, the sweet spot for people that I look up to or whatever would be in, like in, in their early forties. And this is kind of true for my life. Some of my uh, mentors early in my life or some of my really good friends outside of my normal college friend group that uh, were in the military or did some other stuff that were kind of cool that I would absolutely take advice from. Um, we're kind of in their early forties too. So I think there's something to having those guys to go in front of you and kind of experience the world and you can look up to for whether it's advice and lyrics or you connect with what they're saying or I'll point out that everybody in cold plays at that age. <laughs> <laughs> Eric church is at that age. Uh, Marty Smith's at that age. I got a bunch of people down here. I really love listening to Tony Romo talk and he's These guys are all 41 or 42. So there, there might be something to that kind of looking ahead to see what they're doing and see what they're up to. So you get it right when you get there. But, uh, I agree with you. I'm not interested in taking any advice slogan from anyone younger than me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although I'll listen to you if you can teach me how to edit podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> and you introduced me to Dalton Domino, so I'll give you that one. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Talking about like the folks that are a little bit older than you that you kind of like, you could see like you want to hang out with, you can learn some things from. I, I do have one that he's about three, four years older than me, but that's uh, Russell Wilson, definitely. Russell Wilson's about 31, 32, and I turned 27 this weekend. So it was like he was the quarterback right before at NC State, right before I got to college. Like I think his last year there was um, two years before I stepped foot on campus. But he's he just seems like a solid dude, seems like a cool guy. And uh, I, mean, I he definitely is one in the athletic realm that I, I think would be worth for people looking up to. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I don't know. Have we? 
Dustin, you got any other thoughts? Any anybody of that nature, or have we successfully exhausted this? <laughs> uh, we've probably exhausted it. I I actually agree with your point on like Marty Smith, Eric Church, and those guys. I like those guys. And you were talking about Chase Rice, and I think Logan's mentioned this before. Eric Church has matured a lot as a songwriter and as a musician, and I find myself appreciating that more and more. So, you know, again, the old man syndrome, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's just weird when people are writing songs and they're approaching 40, and then when even more when they get into their 40s and 50s, Keith Urban, about trying to find <laughs> chicks on tailgates. It's just, it, it's creepy. Yeah. You're married with Luke, like six kids. <laughs> yeah, Luke Bryan, all yeah. the guys. So let me clarify, just because this does go out on the internet. I'm a big Chase Rice fan. I have gone to concerts with Dustin to see Chase Rice. Chase Rice yeah. was my ringtone when we were in, I'm sorry, my alarm clock when we were in Charleston. And y'all laughed because you didn't realize it was my alarm clock when it went off in the morning. I love some of the songs that he writes. I could do without the horn dog songs that he writes. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to write a song about about going to Chapel Hill and hanging out on Wrightsville Beach or you want to write a song about how your roots in, in, in the South run deep, like I'm I'm here for you, buddy. You even want to write a song about Saturday morning getting your buzz back. That's fine too. But you start talking about like let me whisper in your ear. Come on, man. You you ain't the yin yang twins, okay? <laughs> like <laughs> so I don't know. I just I I he he's he's a duality of personality, so I guess I should embrace that because I'm pretty much the same thing. So maybe he's the most authentic <laughs> of all of us. <laughs> there's the connection right there. Yeah, there's my two minutes on Chase Rice defending him. We can we can stop the podcast I, now. Yeah, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a I'm not attacking him. I'm a fan, but I agree with the assessment. So anyway, all right. Well, I think we uh, learned here that we're all getting older and we're basically all cheering for laundry at this point in time. So if we take anything super personally from here on out about certain drivers or certain uh, 18-year-olds, just just rewind back to episode 26 and you can hear us all point out that we just cheer for laundry instead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Morgan, oh. you got hey. a cancel corner for us this week. I do. It's a good one. So I had to think long and hard about this one being the second one. I had to make sure it's a good one. So. It didn't fall flat for, you know, the, the sequel here. And it took me a little bit to think about a good one. And as I'm thinking about one, I see a commercial or a preview for a new Superman TV show. And I'm sitting there thinking, you know, how many times are they going to try to reboot, re-image Superman? I mean, it seems like DC as a whole just can't get their universe to sync right. I mean, Mar look at Marvel. They had a plan in place from day one with their movies and how they're going to do phase one, phase two, and phase three and move forward from there. DC can't seem to get one movie or TV show right. They keep rebooting it, re-imaging it, recasting it, and I'm just getting a little tired of it. I think, you know, I'm not canceling them all together because Christopher Nolan did do a great job with his trilogy of Batman. I think that's about the only thing I've liked out of DC in the last 10, 15 years. So my cancel corner this week and Morgan's cancel corner is uh, Superman. You're just I'm canceling just, uh, all of Superman? I'm canceling Superman for now. In fact, I'm canceling DC as, as a whole for, for right now. Not permanently, but I'm canceling it temporarily because I feel like if they could you know, maybe convince one or two of the directors from Marvel to kind of come over and at least shed some light on how to do things right. And then maybe they can get, get the ball rolling, but I'm, I'm canceling Superman, if anything, because I'm just like, how many more times are we going to, Oh, Hey, there's a new Superman movie coming out. Oh, well, who's the actor this time? I mean, now they got Superman and Lois. I think they had that show on once before, like 20 years ago. And now they're doing it again for a whole other different guy. So that is my cancel corner. I'm with you. Superman canceled. Canceled. Superman and DC as a whole. Canceled. Oh, no. You can't cancel DC as a whole. They have Aquaman. No. no Wonder Woman, that was horrible. All right. 
I I vote cancel because I don't care. Cancel. Don't talk about comic books anymore. Let's move on. (laughs) Tune in. Tune in next week to find out who we cancel next. Same cancel time, same cancel channel. Uh, All right, I'm definitely looking forward to your next cancel corner, Morgan. I've enjoyed these so far. (laughs) All right, so uh, as we always like to say, we try to have a little bit of positivity, but once again, we have uh, ran out of time, so we have to kick the can down the road, as they say, on the positivity and just let everyone enjoy our grumpiness and our miserableness this week on Miserable and and Reckless and and the things we have decided to cancel. So... (laughs) For Morgan, Dustin, and Ryan, I'm Logan. We'll see you next time.